Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas this morning for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. And, of course, on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance, all phone guests join us via the Goodyear hotline. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your chance to join us and give your take. We are joined by Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, who joins us via the Goodyear hotline right now. Mr. Tannenbaum, how are you? I'm shocked that this segment isn't sponsored by Yankee Candle if I'm on with Harry. (laughs) Hey, one thing we do know, Mike T, is that the candle is burning behind me. Hashtag free the candle. Pomegranate. (laughs) (laughs) I was in Jacksonville the other day, and I came so close to walking into a Yankee Candle, and I was going to FaceTime Harry. All right, what am I looking for here? What do I need to do to set the mood for a show? But I, I opted not to do it, and I think we're all better off for that. Uh, Mike, you know, we've spent so much time trying to dissect the Dallas Cowboys and figure them out and where are they and what are they about and what is their biggest concern. Mike, just looking at what happened the other day, what is the reason to believe in them and what is the reason to not believe in them? Well, I mean, we could start with the clock management issue, which is Clock management 101 is you need to have at least one timeout in your back pocket until there's two minutes to go in the second and the fourth quarter. When that doesn't happen, that's on head coach Mike McCarthy, period, end of story. It's clock management 101. And if Bill Belichick and Nick Saban was part of this discussion, and I had the great fortune in my career, guys, of working for Coach Belichick twice, when you get a bad result, go back to your process. And I'm sitting down with him like I do each and every Monday and say, Coach, this isn't working. And if we don't fix this clock management issue, we may not get the title that we legitimately have a chance to win right now this year. So when those players were attacking, well, hey, the referees, you know, they blew it. Well, guess what? You're really attacking your head coach because he didn't have a timeout. And one of your main responsibilities on game day, guys, is you are the chief strategist. Mm. You know, Mike, let, let me follow that up for a second. We've seen actually bigger deals made over the years. I remember with with Herm Edwards here in New York, they brought in a clock management specialist. I mean, don't most teams have that right now? I'm really befuddled why this would continue to be a problem. Yeah, uh, like what? (laughs) I don't don't know how to, yeah, why is it a problem? Uh, That's a great question. I'm not sure, but again, like, you know, if we were talking about running the Cowboys being on ESPN, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just management one-on-one, guys. If you don't like the result, reverse engineer the process, say what is wrong, and let's go fix it. Yeah. Mike, will will Coach McCarthy uh, be back next season if the Cowboys disappoint in the playoffs? You know, Harry, that's a simple question and a very complicated answer, and here's why. They have two great coordinators. Kellen Moore is going to be a head coach. Dan Quinn, someone I've known for a long time is a phenomenal head coach. Took a team to a Super Bowl, almost beat the Patriots. 
both those guys will be head coaches. Will it be in six weeks, a year, two years? Who knows? I think there's always enormous expectations when you're the head coach of the Cowboys. And this is a very talented team. In my opinion, when healthy, they are the best team in the NFL because of their three dominant pass rushers. And in my opinion, they only have to play B-plus or better on offense to get there. And they can go into Green Bay and beat Aaron Rodgers because of those pass rushers. So to me, to answer your question, Harry, I simply don't know because nobody going into the playoffs should have higher expectations than the Cowboys. And we all know, guys, right, the higher the expectations, the higher the consequences. If they don't get there, Mike, is it primarily on all of the clock management, almost all the coaching issues? Or, you know, we see the, the penalties that come up the other day, too, in crucial situations. Yeah. Um, look, that could be a factor. And look, offensively, defense, they, they do need to play more consistent. You know, when Dak is on, they are really hard to beat now. They lost Michael Gallup. They still have two good receivers on the outside and C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper. They've got two great running backs. So, and when healthy, their offensive line is usually pretty good. With that said, Tyron Smith, who's a great left tackle, just got whipped by Chandler Jones. Now, Chandler Jones is a great player, but there's a lot of great pieces there. And to me, if you're Mike McCarthy, like, your expertise is on offense. So, to me, get the offense playing at a level that should be at least meeting expectations and be airtight on clock management, and then everything else will take care of it from there. Yeah, but when you look at this Cowboys football team, especially offensively, what do you think is missing? Because it's just not there. And we got, and I'm gonna keep saying this: we got tricked against the Washington football team. Uh, we, we got tricked. We thought this offense was gonna be back in sync, and then you see what they display out there and put out there on the football field against the Arizona Cardinals. What are they missing right now? Why why aren't things clicking with them? Yeah. It- you know, Harry, as a former offensive player, you know, like, sometimes you get on a roll in a rhythm and you feel like the 85 Bears can't slow you down. And then there's other times you feel like you can't make three yards against a Pop Warner team. You know, there's a lot about momentum and rhythm. But to me, it starts with the quarterback. And, and Dak's, like, ball location has to be a little bit more consistent than it's been. Even on some of his completions, they're not necessarily great placement. And I'm a huge Dak fan. Coming into the year, I had him as one of my top five quarterbacks. So I think he could play a little bit more consistent. And then to me, it goes back to the left tackle. Nothing's more important than having a great and consistent left tackle, something that when Tyron Smith's out there, he is a great difference maker. He usually erases the opposing team's best pass rusher. That's something either he hasn't been available or, again, he didn't play well. And Tyron Smith, to me, like he'll be the first one to say it, and I think he'll get better. And hopefully for the Cowboys, by the time we get to the playoffs, He's playing at his usual high level. ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum joining us. It's Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, and for Keyshawn, J. Willa, and Max here on ESPN Radio. All right, Mike, coming out of the weekend, what team do you feel like took the biggest step forward in to showing you that they are rounding into form at the right time? Well, I would say that Tennessee continues to surprise. Like, ho! Right? Yeah. We're going to talk about... Patrick Mahomes this, Joe Burrow that. What's wrong with Tennessee, Harry? Why don't we talk about them enough? I've been saying that. Listen, Mike, I've been saying this for the longest, especially when they went on that streak when they beat the Bills, they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Colts, they beat the Saints, and I can't remember who the last one was. And they beat the Rams five weeks in a row. And I didn't think the Tennessee Titans at that point didn't get enough love from people across this country. 
in a gauntlet like that. And I mentioned earlier, tell me a team who's beaten those five teams and the 49ers and in one in just in one, this, like this season. I I don't think you have another team who's beat that that many football teams who have an opportunity to either have already clinched a playoff berth or in contention for a playoff berth. And I even throw the 49ers in that too because they're a team that's, that's aspiring to make the playoffs this year. And, and to me, like I just want to take that a step further because I think, guys, like when we look back at the 21 season, we're going to look at like strength of victories. And what I mean by that, like you know, if you're playing the Saints and Ian Book's the quarterback, that's different than if you're playing you know, Jameis Winston or you got to give teams credit. They beat the teams when they did, but not all victories this year clearly are the same because of COVID and all the other sort of yep. weird peculiarities of games being shifted and, and injuries. With that said, I think Tennessee can raise their hand, in my opinion, next to John Harbaugh and the Ravens as the two teams that have dealt with probably more injuries or inconveniences than anybody. When you think about Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, their first-round pick who's gone for the year, Julio Jones, and oh, by the way, some running back named Derrick Henry. And they still have the one seed. And I think to me, guys, like, we just don't talk about it enough. And maybe because Mike Vrabel is an old-school guy or Ryan Tannehill's a really efficient quarterback who brings no attention to himself. But Tennessee's going to come out of this with the one seed, and they're going to get back Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, and Bud Dupree's only going to get healthier. So you're getting back a pass rusher, an outside receiver who's clearly not the same but once was you know one of the best receivers in our game. And Derrick Henry is one of the five best players in our sport who's not a quarterback. So I think Tennessee legitimately has a chance to get the Super Bowl, and I don't think they get nearly the credit they deserve on the national stage. And you know, on Mike, top of that, I was thinking Mike about T. this a lot. Hold, and, hold on. Start, go ahead, Harry. Hold on, I'm hold sorry. on real quick, Chris. On top of that, A.J. Brown, their, their, most, their best offensive weapon at the moment, Miss games. Their starting corner, Janoris Jack Rabbit Jenkins, hey, has Chris, missed games. Hey, Chris, are are you shocked that it has to go back to a receiver discussion here? No, I mean, not at all. Yeah. I just expected it to. <laughs> I must. I got to stand up for him, baby. Well, he's a. At least he's a big receiver. I'm a small receiver. Well, what what I was about to say is like, there's not AJ Brown as great as he is. There is not that sexy name anymore. And Mike, I feel like a, a lot of America just pretty much wrote the Titans off when Derrick Henry got hurt, and when their back has been turned, they haven't realized what's happened. And, guys, like we talk about, oh, can this team turn around? They have good quarterback play who's smart and tough. They have a good offensive line, and they have a good defense. And sometimes we overcomplicate it, but they will be in it till the end. Yes, they will. It's Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio and on ESPN uh, the ESPN app, excuse me. And then there is the Antonio Brown situation. Let us just hear all about that before we get into it. All right, maybe not. That's my bad. I tried to set up the little sound reaction. But, Mike, with that being <laughs> the case, I just tried to do something and... I didn't communicate it well, and Harry, here we are. Harry, Harry screwed Chris, it up. Harry, Chris Carlin just gave us his best fourth and two play. <laughs> That's a fair Turn point. Turnover on downs. <laughs> That's a fair point. Didn't even call timeout. Just ram it into the line of scrimmage and see what happens. Mike, you know, the Antonio Brown situation, I know you were talking about places where he could end up yesterday. Just, first of all, from the front office perspective, Give me where we are here with 
discussing bringing in a player like this at this point. Okay, well, first of all, it's a very sad situation. Clearly, he's someone that needs help, and let's hope that he, he gets the help that he needs. With that said, I've been there. I've been on a really good team in the New York Jets that we added a player in San Antonio Holmes who, for whatever reason, couldn't get along in Pittsburgh. We brought in him, him in, and he helped us get to a championship game. It was a really good player for us. And as a GM, part of your responsibility is to look into every option, even if it's one that you don't ultimately decide to bring in, I mean, to sign. But in this day and age where we're literally week to week, you bring in Antonio Brown, you sit down, you see if it could work. And my speech to him, guys, is a very, very simple one. Antonio, we want to sign you to a one-day contract. If today goes well, which it may or may not, we're going to bring you back tomorrow. And take Dallas, for example. They just lost Michael Gallup. Maybe they bring him in. Maybe he helps them you know, with the two other receivers they have in C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. And if it's not a fit, you, you let him go. And what I would tell him is, like, look, your NFL career is on life support, if at all. So you have to be on your best behavior. And the risk-reward from a team standpoint could make a lot of sense. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but these are the discussions as a GM. These are the options you're constantly looking into to say, especially this year, guys, like we already talked about, you know, all the weird things that have happened because of COVID. You just don't know what's going to happen, and you have to be prepared. My thing is, man, I said – if if you bring Antonio Brown in, Mike T, I can't get over the simple fact that he walked off on his football team during a game. Like, I, I can't get over that. And if I'm a player in a locker room and you bring him in, forget the receiver position. I'm talking about overall, like a, just a player in general. And you bring him in, I, I, I'm going to feel some type of way because I don't know if he can be trusted. Because what I just seen on TV, him walking off on a football field, not even with his pads on, with his clothes off. That means you saying forget every single body that's out there. Forget what you and Bruce Arians are going through, and I don't feel like, they feel like he handled it the right way either. It's that you just don't walk off like that. You just don't, especially throwing your pads and throwing stuff in the stands, doing jumping jacks in the end zone. But if I'm a player on another team, I, I don't know if I can trust A.B. because of what i just seen transpire. Well, and, and Harry, I think you bring up a really interesting point, guys, which is this. The best teams I've been on, is the best leadership is player-led leadership. It's not, you know, the head coach sitting up there. And one thing that's really interesting is if you read about Mike Krzyzewski and when he was the head coach of the Dream Team, he talked about at the first practice, he's like, guys, like, I want you to get up there and tell me, like, what do we stand for? Like, what do we want our team to be? Like, what are our standards? And his point was, like, I'm not going to tell LeBron James what we're going to be. I'm going to have LeBron James tell us. And to me, like, I would go to Dak Prescott and I would go to Marcus Lawrence, and I would go to Zeke. I would go to the veteran players and say, "Hey, you know, we have a massive hole at the receiver position. Is this something we want to consider?" And give them ownership. Again, there's a fine line here, guys. Like they're not making the decision, but you can have them part of the conversation. There's been a couple times where I've run a head coach search, and I've had head coach candidates talk to the quarterback, talk to Chad Payton, talk to Ryan Tannehill, and I've asked Chad, I've asked Ryan, "Hey, give me your feedback. What do you think?" Now, Chad Pennington and Ryan Tannehill weren't picking the head coach, but to get their perspective was really helpful. And that's where, you know, Harry, I think your point's fair, which is you got to, again, talk to your locker room. And there's a fine line. They're not making the decision, but to get their input could be helpful. Mike Tannenbaum joining us, our ESPN NFL front office insider on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas in for the boys today. All right, so Mike, 
as a GM, let's go through a couple of these scenarios and tell us how you would sell each of these landing spots to your fan base if you were the GM, because it, it does feel like each one is a little bit different and uh, different. And let's start with one you were just talking about, the Dallas Cowboys. If you're Jerry Jones as the GM and the Cowboys, how do you sell bringing in Antonio Brown to your fan base? Well, again, I, I think this one's probably the easiest one. We lost Michael Gallup. We're, we think Antonio Brown, if healthy, and can we can help him with his off-field challenges, could come in. We could put him in the slot, move CD outside, and we're a better football team. And this is not a long-term deal. This is a one-day contract. And it may not work out, but if it does, it may make the difference between us winning a playoff game or not. Yeah, but Mike, how, how is he going to act when things doesn't go his way, right? If he's not getting the football, things are sputtering. How is he going to act? How, how are things going to go then? Yeah, he, he won't be here. You know, okay. if, if, if his behavior isn't to the standards we want, he won't be here. All right, Mike. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. I would just say very similar, like, make sure that Patrick Mahomes is comfortable. Make sure that Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, because you don't want to disrupt chemistry in terms of what they have going on there is really good. With that said, I'm sure they're sitting there saying, like, well, wait a second. We're going to have to go win a road playoff game to get to the Super Bowl. We just lost to Cincinnati. We've lost to the Chargers. You know, to have another player, you know, again, when – focused when on the field he's one of the three or four best receivers in the game so that's the discussion now if I get pushback from Patrick Mahomes and some of the other veterans there then I, I don't even bring him in for you know an interview but I, their feedback to me would be very meaningful and, and keep and, in mind and, this is the same team Harry that brought in Josh Gordon well, yeah, that's that. That was going to be my next point. Yeah, they, but granted, the circumstances are totally different. <laughs> like, like I mean, totally different. But mm-hmm. I do understand where you're coming from, Chris. And uh, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and you look at that offense, it could work because a lot of their stuff is improvision. I know they have routes and all this, but Patrick Mahomes extend plays and a lot of improvision goes on uh, once he starts that uh, getting out of the pocket. So it could work. The thing is, I'm still worried about if things don't go his way. But if it's, if he's sold in on a Super Bowl and, and keeping a straight and narrow, which we've been told that's probably what he wants to do, but he hasn't kept that straight and narrow this year. So I don't know. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider joining us. Okay, Mike, you're the Rams. You're less Sneed. How are you selling that kind of an idea uh, to your fan base of bringing in Antonio Brown? Well, I mean, this one may be the easiest of all of them, right? I mean, like, if there's ever been a team in the history of our sport that's all in, it's them. And I've been a skeptic of how they built the team, but let's give them a ton of credit. You know, Von Miller ends that game against the Ravens. And, you know, from that perspective, guys, like, if you're going to be all in, like, (laughs) at this point, like, why not, right? And, again, you know, bringing OBJ, it's a very delicate situation because – and, Harry, you know this. It takes a while for a receiver to understand mm-hmm. the rhythm, the cadence, the language, the nuances, the checks of, of you know, a detailed passing game like the Rams. They lose Woods. Cooper Cup, obviously, we know how great he is. But similar situation, guys. Like, hey, if Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup are good with it and they feel like OBJ, like, it's a very delicate balance because they've been adding so many pieces during the year. And that's why, like, fundamentally, guys, like, I go back to what I said earlier, which is, if this is like the year you would do something like that, you know, there was an interesting article by uh, Peter King yesterday who was talking to Sean, McV- uh, Sean Payton who said, like, he met two of the, the linebackers in the 
that played uh, a week ago, Monday, against the Dolphins in the locker room before the game for the first time. So because of COVID, and when you talk to people around the league, that's what's going on. So again, if you feel like the chemistry with the Rams could be uh, manageable, I would consider it. Yeah, and if you look at the Rams, that offense, it's not easy to learn from a wide receiver's perspective because they like to do things uh, at a rapid pace at times on the football field. That means go no huddle. The language is different. It's just that that, that Shanahan offense with, with uh, Sean McVay's little touch on it. And then my thing is when it, when it comes to the Rams, do you want to stop the emergence of Odell Beckham Jr.? Right now, we, we do know that it wasn't him that was the apple in, in Cleveland. It was – it was Baker Mayfield who couldn't get him the football because we've seen him catching touchdown passes after touchdown passes being with the Los Angeles Rams. All right, Mike, last one. The Packers, how do you sell it? Yeah, well, I would just go to the law firm of, uh, you know, Rogers, Rogers, and Rogers. <laughs> and, uh, which we know his billable hours are very expensive, by the way. Yes, they are not cheap. <laughs> and, yeah, they, they and, don't need them. They don't need them. Yeah, I mean, they probably don't need them, but – Here's the other thing you could do, Harry, is, first of all, he hasn't been released yet, so you know we're still waiting on that mechanism to happen. But assuming he's released and he is available to sign at some point, you could bring him in for a visit and saying, hey, like right now we're good, you know, where we are with, you know, Devontae Adams, Lazard, everybody else. But, you know, we're one injury away. Again, if you're Green Bay, what's keeping you up at night? You were, what, nine yards away from beating Tampa a year ago? And you're thinking to yourself, like, I don't want to be sent home again. We got the one seed. We're in Lambeau. We got the weather. We got the crowd. And what else could we do within reason to give us every chance to win? Because that feeling of having Tom Brady come in here and beat us, just, you know, it stinks. And while things look great right now, in the back of their minds, and I've been there. I've lost a championship game. You're just thinking like, oh, my gosh, like, what else can we do to get over the hump? Mike, who's the, where, what's the most likely landing spot if somebody's going to give him a chance? You know, I, I would just think, you know, someone like Jerry Jones, like, you know, where it's a owner-driven organization, you know, it has, candidly, it's pluses and minuses, but he's the guy, you know, he's at the top of the organization. He's clearly in charge with every decision. So, you know, I, I think someone like, candidly, like Sean McVay's probably earned that right with the Rams. Clearly, you know, in Green Bay, you have a really interesting dynamic now with, you know, Aaron Rodgers and trying to recruit him to stay. And in Kansas City, you know, obviously that would be an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes decision. I I think, like, talking about some of those, like, if Andy Reid says yes and Mahomes says no, he's not going. So I just think because of the streamlining of decision-making, I think if it was going to happen and because of Gallup's injury, I, I think, you know, Dallas to me would be the spot. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, and for Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Mike's going to hang with us for just a little bit. And up next, who deserves to win Coach of the Year this season? His answer may surprise you. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm going through the different um, categories of candles, Harry Douglas, at Yankee Candle. It's Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. And I'm trying to figure out what family do you think that Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN NFL front office insider, should be shopping And Should it be in the floral sense department? Should it be in citrus, fresh and clean, woody, sweet and spicy? Where would you send him? Pomegranate? Well, is there a meatball sandwich smelling candle? If there was, I would have six what? of them. What? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? I mean, we sent him to the woody section. Little earthy, little smoky, perhaps some balsam and cedar. I don't know. What are you looking for? Well, I, I think Mike, he would like the fruity ones. When, when I had the fruity one lit in studio, he, he came in and he was like, oh. Which, he, you, which, you felt his little shoulders move a little bit. Oh, oh. Which, which, by the way, like. Set off not one, but, like, multiple violations by Harry. Like, he went from, like, you know, like, the warning to the probation to a fine in about 10 minutes. Like, you know, by the end, like, you know, I I got the law degree. I thought I was going to have to dust off the law degree and, you know, put on, like, a a defense. Like, it was, like, you know, the studio violation, the corporate violation, the New York City code. I mean, like, short of, like, you know, some other, like, you know, we didn't hear from, like, NASA, like, but, like, every other constituent, like, quickly <laughs> chimed in for Harry's multiple violations. Yeah, yeah, it, it was crazy, Chris, because it's like, I got sent to the principal's office. Little did anyone know, I've made a lot of trips to the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my first time, nor would it probably be my last time at the principal's office. But and, and despite that, Chris, we would still sign him. We would scour to get better. <laughs> and despite multiple transgressions by my good friend, we would still sign Harry Douglas. You have just made my point. You know, we spent 20 minutes, and we just summed it up. Despite multiple candle transgressions, I still want to be your teammate, Harry. My man, that's what I'm talking about, my team. <laughs> Outstanding. So, Mike, let's get into the coaches around the league this year. Right now, the favorite to win coach of the year is Zach Taylor with Matt LaFleur, a very close second. Mike Tannenbaum, who is your NFL coach of the year? You know, I love both those guys. Work with Zach, know Matt very, very well. It's Mike Vrabel, and you could have the other 31 guys. Like, it's not that hard. They're the number one seed, and we keep talking about Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and and Josh Allen. Ryan Taylor's been a good quarterback. They've gone to the next level. They have the number one seed, and they have missed so many players they lost their first-round pick for the year, Caleb Farley. Had a huge free agent signing, Bud Dupree. He's been hurt. As Harry mentioned, A.J. Brown's been hurt. And now, oh, by the way, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, both been hurt. Mike Vrabel's done an unbelievable job. John Robinson, their GM, if I had a vote, he's the executive of the year. And candidly, guys, it's not close. Like, we're overcomplicating this. They have the number one seed, and they've been decimated by injuries. If they were 5-11 and 11 right now, Here's what we would be saying. Got to give them the benefit of the doubt. They were decimated by injuries. Great nucleus. They'll be in contention in 2022. They're in contention right now because they've done a great job of coaching, made no excuses. They got a great GM who's a problem solver, and they deserve all the credit in the world. Titans. Haru, haru, haru. (laughs) (laughs) All right. let Let me throw 
a couple of other candidates at you and, and see what you think. Because there's one guy for me, Mike, that, I, and I know how this is going to come off, but I don't feel like he is getting the look that he should in this situation because of the team that he has and because of the reputation that he already has. And that's Sean McVay. And I say that because I look at the four wins they've had over the last 19 days or so with Arizona on the road, uh, in Minnesota, at Baltimore, Seattle. Is it Murderer's Row? It's not. But they've been dealing with a ton of injuries and a ton of COVID-related issues as well. Does McVay not get a good enough look here? He, he doesn't deserve it. I mean, they have a good team. They have a good foundation. He's done a good job. He's probably in the top 10, but candidly, I would take John Harbaugh this year. Like, I think when you go back to what Baltimore did going back to the preseason, we don't even talk about guys like J.K. Dobbins. I mean, their left tackle and Ronnie Stanley, their corners, and oh, by the way, former league MVP Lamar Jackson. So I think Sean McVay has been solid. Four wins in 19 days in any situation is really impressive. So I don't want to diminish what they've done, but like, give me Vrabel. Give me John Harbaugh, and I know Baltimore is very likely not to make the playoffs, but when you want to talk about leadership yeah. and saying getting up there, like we're going to have a chance, like that came down to the final play against the Rams, and they're playing with guys that, candidly, most people have never heard of. And to me, when we talk about like culture, sustainability, all the things that are really important to have a chance to win year in, year out, like what John Harbaugh has done this year, he probably won't have a ring on his finger to show for it, but when his head hits the pillow, I'm sure he's really proud of what him and his staff have accomplished. Listen, Mike T, you look at this Baltimore Ravens team, right? And you have one or two things go a different way. And the game against the Steelers, if they get that two-point conversion, they lost by two to the Cleveland Browns. They lost by one. They didn't get that two-point conversion against the Packers. And then you talk about the game that is recently played against the Los Angeles Rams. This team will be sitting in a direction, and yes, it will be him, John Harbaugh, and Coach Vabral neck and neck for Coach of the Year in my eyes. I still think this organization, um, I would never count them out because of their leadership of John Harbaugh and, and what, what this organization has meant to the game of football over the last 20 years. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And, you know, like, there's so much to be said about, you know, people talk about analytics, aggressive, go for it. And I defer to head coaches. Like, they know more about what they're going to do. And I thought what John said after the game was, like, again, sometimes, like, the genius is in its simplicity, right? Hey, we were down corners. Our best chance to win was on a two-point play. Like, I get it. I understand it. I trust it, and I respect it. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, Mike Tannenbaumer, ESPN NFL front office insider, and for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, which quarterbacks – won't be on their current team next year. We are going to take a good deep dive into that. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l e c t r i c ebikes.com. Chris Carlin, Harry Douglas, Mike Tannenbaum this morning on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. It is time for believe it or not. So we turned it over to Patrick Costello to run the show. I don't like that you used my government name, but I appreciate that anyway, Chris. Uh, <laughs> so guys, believe it or not, Big Ben will be back with the Steelers next year. Who's going first, Pat? Mike T. There's no chance. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't think so either. He's going to be on a golf course or on his back patio by the fire pit smoking a hell of a amount of cigars. No shot, but I will say that the quarterback for the Steelers next year will be Aaron Rodgers. Oh. Jeez, all right. Nobody's okay. scoffing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Next. Uh, believe so- it or not. Someone's on eggnog. <laughs> Harry, we'll start with you. Believe it or not, Russell Wilson will be with the Seahawks next season. I don't believe it. I think it's time for Russell Wilson uh, to soar on out and, and put the rest of his career with another organization. I think Russell Wilson has done everything he has been able to do for for, for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. But when I look at these destinations, I think New Orleans could be a spot for him. New York could be a spot for him. That's the Giants, that is. Or the Denver Broncos. Those are three teams that I think Russell Wilson can actually end up. Mike? Yeah, uh, I, I like Russell Wilson in New York or New Orleans. To me, those are the two spots to me that if Russell Wilson was not going to be a Seahawk, those are the two teams that make the most sense. He goes to New Orleans with a championship defense. Look out, and uh, I think New mm-hmm. York, he can make that a quick turnaround. I, I do not believe he will be back with the Seahawks. And where he will be, uh, look, I, I'm curious to see how the Giants would make that work with a new GM and how that would all kind of come together. At the same time, I'm kind of more fascinated as to who the Seahawks' next quarterback is going to be because they don't have a first-round pick. It's not a quarterback-rich draft. Where are they headed? And it feels like you're going to have a tweener and you're going to have a rough couple of years up in Seattle. Next. Well, Chris, you just mentioned it, so we'll go with Aaron Rodgers. Believe it or not, he'll be with the Packers next season, and let's start with you because I think we know the answer. Yeah, I don't believe it. And I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in Pittsburgh next year. What? Why? Because primarily, give me a situation other than the 49ers, and I don't think they're going to trade him there, where he could potentially win uh, better in the short term. Denver, I don't know that I would say that. Could he win better in the short term than he could in 
the Raiders? No. I, I think it's going to be his best opportunity to win in the short term. And I could see the Steelers doing it for a couple of years, especially when there's not the guy there uh, in the draft that they could take. Oh, I'll say for me, I, I think Aaron Rodgers will not be in Green Bay. And I think uh, a potential spot is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but, Chris, I don't understand what, why, why you don't think Denver, when you look at the skill position players that they have, and that defense has been solid. They have players on, on defense. I think their defense is top 10, if not top 10, top 11 right now in the National Football League. So Denver, in my, my place, is an ideal place that a lot of these quarterbacks wouldn't mind going. Well, it's not that he wouldn't mind. It's just, is it a better place to try to go win than Pittsburgh? The Steelers, uh, they're playmakers too. They're absolutely very good. They just haven't been able to get the ball the last few years. What they do have to do is fix the offensive line before they brought him in, Mike. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Look, to me, like this is going to be the story of the offseason. I I just think going back to Aaron Rodgers fundamentally is – I think what's happened in our league, and I think this goes for Russell Wilson too, they saw what happened with Tom Brady, and they're just like, hey, I'd rather go someplace where I could sort of have a meaningful input. Again, Jason Light's the GM of the Buccaneers, not Tom Brady, but clearly Tom Brady's had success on and off the field. So to to me, (coughs) I don't think Aaron Rodgers will be back. I think he goes west, and I think he goes to the AFC. So to me, that's either Denver or Vegas. Can we get Mike T a cup of water, please? Uh Baker Mayfield, believe it or not, will be with the Browns next season. Mike, let's start with you on that one. I, I don't think so. I think it's run its course. I think he's an accurate passer. I think he has good arm strength, but he's short. He's slow by NFL quarterback standards, and that shows up. We saw the ball get bad last night. He's been bounced around. I think he's tough. He's competitive, but they need to do better. If they want to win a championship and compete with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow in that division, Baker Mayfield simply doesn't measure up. Agreed. He doesn't. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Harry. Yeah, I actually think I think he's I think he'll be with the with the team next season uh, by default. And Mike T, I, I gotta I gotta tell you, I thought about you last night watching the game when those balls were getting batted down. Mike T came in my head so many different times. I was like, he said it. He said hmm. it. He told us all. And it's funny when I'm going down the aisles of uh, bad. What is it? <laughs> bad Bath and Beyond Body Works Yankee Candle. <laughs> Only thing that's going through me is. Harry Doug- Douglas, the multiple violator of rules, who loves candles. So you're in my head as well, Harry. But my he's man. also thinking, morning mist. I bet he would like this. <laughs> Classic. I, I do not believe that Baker, or I do believe Baker Mayfield will be back in Cleveland just by the fact that they're on the hook for $19 million, And I don't know where else he's going. They may as well take one last crack at it, but there's got to be somebody there to really – push him in Cleveland. You have to have a decent uh, opportunity to have a, another option there in hey, that quarterback. Chris, Chris, you bring up an interesting point, which is, you know, what happens to Baker Mayfield. If you're another team, and there's a dozen of them from Carolina, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, I mean, at some point it's going to be Tampa Bay, Denver. They're going to say, hey, you know what? Maybe Baker Mayfield could be okay here. And if we're looking at our alternative, even a team like Washington – maybe competes with Daniel Jones. There's so many teams that will need a quarterback. They may be able to get something for him in a trade, give him a fresh start, move on from the salary, and then you know they go on their merry way. So it, it's an interesting discussion because clearly, like I think it's run its course in Cleveland, but because of the supply and the demand of the position, I do think Baker is still one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet. Mm. 
Okay. All right, two more quick ones here, guys, and this is a slight wrinkle. Jimmy G will be the starter for the 49ers next year, believe it or not. Uh, uh, Harry, let's start with you. No, I don't think he'll be the starter. I think that's going to be Trey Lance. Um, I think they drafted Trey Lance what they did this year in the draft within the top five for a reason. Um, he's a guy that can add a different element. That's his legs to the game of football offensively in a Kyle Shanahan offense who doesn't matter who they have the running back position, they're going to figure it out. They're, they're going to have success. To go along with uh, those other star players that they have, and I mean star players, guys who can do different things on a football field, and you just can't key, on, key in on one thing that they're able to do. So I think Trey Lance becomes the starter for that team next year. Mike? Yeah, uh, the, the Hayes in the barn, in my opinion, you know, they're all in on Trey Lance, so they they can't, in my opinion, explore other options until they know what they have in Trey Lance. They give up multiple first-round picks for him. I think Jimmy G is going to be somewhere else. I, I do not believe he will be the starting quarterback. I believe it will be Trey Lance. And I think Jimmy G is going to have some pretty decent value in terms of a trade this offseason. To me, um, he's somebody that is not ever going to be great, but if you have the right pieces on both sides of the ball, you can absolutely go and win something. He's still a viable option, and I, I think he gets overlooked. Mike T., awesome stuff this hour. Thanks for hanging with us. I'm heading to the mall, guys. <laughs> you better get some candles. If you could pick me up a nice, uh, a nice cedar scent, Mike, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> We've got so much more to do. Up next, a coach went on a rant this weekend. Was he just trying to save his job? G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 